I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. Calling all lovers of mystery and fans of a good story. If you haven't already heard me talk about June's journey, you're in for a treat. It's time to don your detective hat in this free hidden object mobile game that delves into the captivating journey of June Parker, a self-proclaimed detective on a quest to unravel the mystery surrounding her sister's untimely death. In June's journey, you get to play as June, deciphering clues and unveiling secret plots within thousands of beautifully illustrated scenes. And did I mention it's set in the glitzy 1920s? New chapters are added weekly, so you will never run out of new thrills to uncover, and you can also personalize and decorate your very own Orchid Island where the story takes place. How sharp are your detective skills? Find out when you download June's Journey on your Android or iOS device, or play online via Facebook games. Your detective journey awaits. You guys, I'm really into sports. Uh, this has been a recurring theme on the podcast. Go Saints. Uh, I am cheer for any sports team or anything that I can think of that has to do with sports because I just love them so much. You guys, uh, this is an advice podcast. We can't do this podcast period without your calls. So you have to call 323-450-7408 or email us at askpleaseadvise at gmail.com with your letters or your voice memos. We will play them on the show and we'll do our very best to answer your questions. I want you guys to really like start to press yourselves though because I know that you're only giving me surface level drama. There's stuff going on underneath. Every every call I get, come on. Mama can, much like my angel cards, I can sniff out the real problem. And so if you don't ask me directly, I'm going to just have to start sniffing around. Might not get you the most accurate answer, but I will develop a narrative for your situation and there and then hold you to it and probably call you terrible things. So just start calling with the real question from now on. 
also just like from a producer side of things if you guys can just keep it to three minutes like if oh, you yeah. need to call back and be like here's part two of my question that's actually really I never need a part two I'll <laughs> tell you that there's nothing that you need to know that can't be asked in under three minutes like you guys got to just start getting concise with it actually the anecdotal evidence is very uninteresting it really is because sometimes you guys will come at me with a long-winded story about like oh like and then she said this and I said this and it's like oh no no no! all you need to say is that you two bitches don't get along but like instead what I get is this like you know fucking Shakespearean shit and I don't need this melodrama playing out for me like I will make that play out in my own head you can just keep it concise I love that so much I really Appreciate you guys for your calls and and all that you do because you're a very important part of this podcast. We have a cool guest. We today. would not have a show without you guys. So. No, literally, like yeah. it'd just be me like making Chrissy the fronter and like tickling her and forcing her to have her friends call in. Which like I'm not gonna lie and say that I haven't been close to doing before. I'm almost like Chrissy. Can I just like write something and have one of your basic friends back in New Jersey call in and like leave a little message? And uh, she's obliged, but we haven't gotten to that point yet because of you. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I love you all. Retweet, five stars, et cetera. Okay, so we have a cool guest today. I, I, all right, her name is Allie Waller. She's a TV writer. She wrote for American Dad for a really long time. She wrote for Late Night with Jimmy Fallon. She's really good friends with a former coworker of mine, Morgan Murphy. You guys were on the blacklist together. You are... So funny and so cool. Like, I'm a big fan of your Twitter presence. But can, most recently, you've done something very important, which is that you've aggregated a Twitter feed of inspirational quotes. Yeah, yeah. And it's a sincere. It's not a joke. People often think that it is. But it's at quote underscore club. Okay. And I just started, two of my friends were going through a hard time. And so we started like a text chain where I would just, I started compulsively collecting quotes that I found on the internet with like cool fonts and stuff. Okay. And they're just on my phone. And when I can't sleep, I just look for quotes and we would text them to each other. Uh, and then I was like, let's go public with this. Who are your greatest sources for these inspirational quotes? I go on Instagram and I'll look up like, you know, because I, I knew what my friend's issues were. So right, say right. it was like strength quotes or something. Oh, you look under right. hashtags and you find them. But I like Pima Chodron. A lot of my, my Angelou shows up. I like Wayne Dyer. Okay, I was immediately going to like Beth Stern, Jessica Seinfeld. It's always it's always trophy wives that have a lot of inspiration to bring to us too on Twitter. Interesting. You know, like it's always I mean, and I do actually find them very inspirational women because not only do they manage to like hold down a very difficult man, but like they remain sparkly. Yeah. And I think that that's really hard to do. Yeah. Well, Beth Stern, she's surrounded by cats, which is helpful, I think. I know. Oh, yeah. she's, I, I just, I really adore her. I, I, and actually, Derek and I kind of got into like an interesting conversation about the fact that Beth doesn't listen to Howard. And I think that like, you know, I actually really, I think that he was like, much like Joan Rivers said, she was like, it's not like the fact that she doesn't listen to your show, she doesn't get you. She doesn't mm. understand you. Right. Whereas to, I, I'm like, you're already living in Howard's world, Howard's rules. He probably likes to go home to Bath and check out, play with the little rescue kittens, and then drive into New York at 3 o'clock in the morning to go be the most hairy king of all media. Yeah. Yeah. So I I actually, I personally think that it's great that Beth doesn't listen to the show. Yeah. And yeah. Why? I hope she, Derek she hangs out with him all day long. Why not? Yeah. No, totally. Totally. And she's like, you know, it's like you, then you're, you're, you're Howard Stern's wife. You have to have your own life. That means you can't, you can't be. It's good. It's probably healthy if she doesn't listen. Um, I also feel like I would be like really, you can't be petty if you're with a guy like that. No. But 
I feel like that would be a really big challenge to not be petty once in a while. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I went down a pretty bad Instagram hole recently. It was, oh, it was after the Super Bowl. It was Gazelle Bunchen. Oh. Where the supermodel Instagrams are hard to uh, swallow because their lives are just so amazingly perfect. Everything yeah. is beautiful. And no, I know. And, Fabulous. Like, yeah. oh, front roll of the Super Bowl. Not not bad. And also you're a model. You'd leaping in a bikini on the beach. Just totally. so free. Yeah. So free. She gets her life every day. Oh, yeah. God. I'm proud of her. I am. Like, what a, what a good girl marrying a nice New England guy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when she didn't have to do that. She uh-huh. could have married anyone in the world and she is living in some shithole probably in Massachusetts. Shocked <laughs> yeah. up with, I mean, Tom Brady's kind of hot, but let's face it, he's probably a dud conversationally. I would be so good. Look at that face. You just get to look at is that, that Face. enough for you are you into like hot is that a th- like are I'm you- actually no I, hot guys actually make me uncomfortable me too yeah. <laughs> I like don't like them some girl sent me my friend the other day was like here's this like post of all these fucking hot guys I was like what is this like spank bank t-? I'm like this yeah. is and what am I supposed to do with this like, yeah I, don't, I wouldn't even masturbate to this if I could no like, yeah. I just, it's like they're gross and intimidating and also probably gay like I I found anybody on Tinder who, like, if you even if it's not a shirtless pick, if their muscles are too defined, I'm just like, no, we're just not gonna mesh. We're That's not, not our, a match. Our, our Saturdays are not gonna be the same. Have you, like, are you into Tinder? I, I had a real whirlwind uh, after a breakup, and then I've slowed down. It's kind of not. It's, but it, it's fun at first. What is the um? What's the appeal there for you? Is just the, the just instantaneous yeah it's you can online dating without having to write a profile and read people's profiles because as a writer it just feels like more writing it feels like more work have you seen married at first sight no yeah is that a reality show or yeah, a scripted it's, show it's okay. a it's a reality show it's so good it's okay. on a network called fyi and we're gonna have the sexologist dr logan collins soon. season oh. two starts this month Oh, oh, there's new couples. Yeah. Oh shit. Okay, so this is what happens. They mm-hmm. got a they got a scientist mm-hmm. to like match up a pool of 25 women and 25 men. They like brought it down to like people that are human, okay? The, out of all the people that want to get married on a reality show. Uh-huh. And then out of those 25, they picked three men and three women that were really highly compatible and they married them off at the altar. They never married they mar- first sight, first sight married. Okay? So Two of the couples worked, one didn't, one had insane sexual, the one that didn't work out, they had insane sexual chemistry, nice. but they did not work out emotionally. Okay. Got a divorce. The other two How were, quick? How long did they last? Uh, you get five months to do the experiment. Oh, that's it? Okay. Yeah. And then, so you have to make it work. And then the, the show follows you for the, it's like kind of like Teen Mom, where they bring in a new cast and then you follow them based off that. So, um, yeah, I, I think that it, Jason... From Courtney's Courtney's relationship, Courtney's married to this guy named Jason, whose mom had terminal breast cancer when they got married. She was so she was so ill that she couldn't go to the wedding because she was that sick. And so Courtney never even met Jason's mom until four days before they di- before she died, because Jason had this like narrative going on in his head that his mom was going to get better, and that's when Courtney was going to meet. So you got to make sure though that's also a little demented. It is a little demented and it makes me feel for Courtney because I feel like Courtney got lost in this really like quote unquote nice guy who's really quote unquote dedicated to his career as like an up and coming firefighter or something. Mm -hmm. And like all of these things, breast cancer, firefighter, it leads you to believe whoever's standing on the other side of that is probably an asshole because like those are very positive traits and things to have involved in your life. But uh (laughs) Yeah, like Courtney, uh, I I really feel for Courtney because I think Jason was too close to his mom, not ready to get married, looking for a quick fix, and now she's stuck in this marriage 
where she, as a free wild Mustang who also has a nurturing side, uh-huh. is now stuck. Uh-huh. So I, I just think that it's like it's it's all about that weird ass balance. Balanced. I find like I find boundaries to be really hard. Are you good at boundaries? No, but I tried my last relationship. I tried really hard to to be better about that and to be um, not to constantly pick at things like to just know like this isn't that important. I'm going to let that go and focus on this other thing that, you know, totally. We're never going to be perfect. Um, And what do you mean when you say you're not good? Like, are you a pushover? Like traditionally, are you kind of like a pushover? Or are you more like. I'm not a pushover in the past. I feel like I was almost maybe too naggy sometimes. Okay. And you don't want to be that person. Yeah. Um, and also I have a lot of codependent friendships and my relationships totally. tend to have good boundaries. Like I tend to be better with men. But um, yeah, you don't want to be too needy. Yeah, I'm I'm a total pushover. Like I will literally do anything you ask me to within five minutes of me saying no. Uh-huh. Like I'll be like, no. And then I'll be like, yeah, all right. What, like, uh-huh. what I, for anyone, men or women, like I'm I'm completely boundaryless in all of my life. And I always admire people that I'm like, oh, you're saying no to something that I'm asking you because it's a boundary. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, that's like, and I remember that coming up and being like a really impressive, like thing that people were able to like pull out on me where I was like, oh, you're saying no to like answering a question that I'm asking you. Like, that's yeah. interesting. I've never, I'm not like that. Where do people learn these things? But you're also a nice person and good to your friends and the people that you love. I I hope so. Yeah. I think so. But we all fail at that. I think we all feel guilt issues. Like most of the time she's good at it. Yeah, most of the time. <laughs> but I think we can all, yeah, we can all like improve ourselves. I just am really bad with boundaries. I want to know what everyone's thoughts are about boundaries. It's hard. I mean, I, cause again, I still have like very codependent female friendships. And sometimes there are times where if I just need space, like I feel guilty about it because yeah. Yeah. I know that I have this friend that might need me, but I just need to my own shit this week. I can't deal yeah. with it this week. It's a really hard thing that I'm constantly working on. And I don't know that I've ever. What's the most ridiculous it. thing you've ever done for a female friend to like get her out of a situation or to help out? Oh, that's interesting. Have you ever had to get a friend out of a dangerous situation or a weird romantic relationship? Have you ever picked someone up at like some place at three o'clock in the morning? I don't think so. I had a friend in college who was, uh, she's like the most beautiful woman uh, in, co- in college. Men loved her, but you got her too, when she got too drunk, she would just be batshit crazy. And there were a lot of nights in college because our girlfriends were so codependent that it would be like following her home or picking her up off the pavement and like sort of dealing with that. And it frustrated us all to no end because I didn't want to leave the party and deal with this, but it was like sort of our person that we had. Had to take care of and codependence and think, breeds resentment yeah oh totally like you're, you just wind up being like you're a fucking mess and hating your friend for it oh, as totally. opposed to being like oh i like voluntarily like took myself out of the situation and, and in her case like she would put herself in danger we were in new orleans it was not a great city for like the drunk girl to be like walking yeah. home alone uh and she was very stubborn about it where she's like i'm fine and start walking home and it was like obviously we're not going to let that happen um, but yeah, totally. I think, you know, secretly we complained about it, but you like the drama as 19 yeah. year old girls and be like, oh, we have to get her, you know? <laughs> she did yeah. I also think that there is something about that like, and putting myself in situations. I, I like to think that I have done that for other girls and that yeah. I would do it again because it's like. How many people are going to go down for you? Like in your life, like especially when you're young, like how many people are actually going to go down for you? I would say I maybe have at any given time 
And like it's like Ed, Christina are in the locked and loaded position. It's been, great. Christina's been yeah. here for like six years. Ed's been around for a decade. Like I got my two. Yeah. It's like fuck with me. You're dealing with these two. And Ed and Christina are scary. Like they are. They they look like a mile like a you know wolf in sheep's clothing yeah. over here. So I I just <laughs> I feel like. I would legitimately murder someone for Christina. Oh, that's great. Like, I legitimately would. If I had to figure it out, like, let's that's say. That's true love. I like <laughs> thinking that they're going to play this podcast back in the, the Christina yeah. trials. I know. They're when like, <laughs> some no. guy's dead. <laughs> Here's the thing is she's too smart to get herself into the situations that I've gotten myself into. Like, I'm kind of like, ah, fuck you. Christina's like knows enough to know that she'll get buck wild and that she cannot get that drunk. Whereas I'm like. Well, I'm probably going to get buck wild, like, swig back my third beer. I don't give a shit. Like, I've never given a shit, and that's my whole problem in life is, like, I just don't I, – I do – I give so many shits and no shits at the same time. Yeah. And – but at the same – like, I legitimately – I think if Christina called me and was like, we need to figure out a way to off someone. Like, if, if it was something like she was being hit by someone that was in the mob, uh-huh. and someone was hitting her, but she was in a mob situation, I'd be like, all right – all right. Okay. Well, Christina knows how to defend herself properly. Uh-huh. She's taken karate. I knew she did self-defense when she was going to university and had to come back late at night. Okay. So Christina's like karate. What are we talking? Yeah, just like normal, like self-defense. Self-defense. Like uh-huh. on Roseanne when Roseanne got mugged that time. <laughs> it was know, like a class uh-huh. at the Y uh-huh. or so something just, like that. She went to like that Roseanne class. Okay. Um, but, <laughs> but just like you just learned to like. You know, <laughs> hit the nose, aim for the crotch. Like the, you have to pull, yeah. twist, and grab. Grab, twist, pull. That's what it is. Yeah, you have to grab. Yeah, twist it was and pull. like the Miss Congeniality class. Yeah, yeah. Pull those nuts off. So then I, but here's the thing like, if I had to legitimately see, this is where I think I come in handy. Because I can't throw up a fist to you at the bar, but what I can do is I can find some real fucking motherfuckers. And uh-huh. what I will do is I would like go to Boston, I'd pull my steps. Take my stepdad out to a steak dinner. Tell him the details over a bite uh, or like a, you know, a steak or something, and talk. And I just say like, look, I need to figure out a situation. I have a friend who's in trouble. Maybe my stepdad doesn't know a guy, but I'll know a guy who knows a guy. Uh-huh. And then I'd go meet with that guy, give him a significant portion of money, enough to get rid of this mob guy that's beating Christina. Right. And you're just gonna find someone to do wet work on the weekend. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. But I would fly to Boston to do it and I would do it very I would do it seamlessly. Seamlessly. And so basically I'm what I'm saying is is that yes, you may have almost taken a punch at the Cha Cha Lounge for me, but Christina, I will fucking murder anyone that ever hits you. I personally won't, but someone will. This feels like it should be the Valentine's Day show because that shit got romantic. Lesbian moment. Please advise. Okay, so you guys, um, you know the deal. Call 323-450-7408. Allie Waller's our guest today. She's going to answer your questions. If you've already called in, so chic, so fab. All right, here we go. Let's do this. Hey, Malls. It's Caroline from Nebraska. First of all, I want to say love the pod. It's like my favorite thing to listen to. Love it. Um, my question this week, um, I noticed that you guys need questions. I saw your post on Instagram, so I was like, shit, I'll call. Anyways, my question is, I had a falling out with, like, one of my best friends a couple months ago. You know, we ended up, we lived together and had, like, the best year of our lives or whatever, and I had to move and go off and finish college. 
Um, but we had this huge falling out because she started dating this guy and she only wanted to talk to me about all the bad shit they were going through. So naturally, only hearing all the bad stuff, I mean, automatically I'm not going to like him. And so we had this huge falling out. And then we recently started talking again and I was not going to be, you know, the Irish bitch that I am and hold a grudge. So I was just going to put it all behind me. And I asked her and my other, our other close friend to go to this funeral of this girl that we knew. And um, she never responded, but me and my other friend ended up going. And then a week later, she was talking to my friend, asking, you know, if we went. And, you know, she said yes. And she said, the last place that I want to go to is a funeral with Caroline. And so she sent me this screenshot. And I was kind of appalled because um, I'm a funeral director. That's my job. I'm a mortician. Granted, I wasn't running that funeral, but I felt like it was a big, like, you know, just to my profession and my career choice and to me personally. And so I just decided not to talk to her, but she keeps texting me, and I'm just not going to respond. And she's asking my friend why I'm mad at her. And to be honest, I really just want to rip this bitch a new one and tell her, yeah, you know, you're being two-faced, but I don't want to out my friend for sending me the screenshots. So should I just be a grown-up and just ignore it and just realize the friendship is dissolved? Or should I call her out and see what she has to say? Hey, girl, hey. We have Allie here who I think is really fucking perfect for this. Cause, like, what's up, this what's is up? A, what's up, what's up? <laughs> you, Allie. You're so, like, good and sensible. Like, you're so not... I'm such a retard. Like, I feel like you make, like, in a good way, you make me feel retarded by how <laughs> grounded you are. You're, like, really, there's something really, like, I, I wish I had whatever quality that is that I don't have. It. It's, like, a, it's, like, a normalness. Like, I don't have, but also, like, smart. Like, I'm just, I, I'm, I'm a big bimbo. No, you have a, such a unique personality. And I'm really impressed when you started talking at the top of the podcast. I was like, is this written down? Your brain works so quickly. Oh, And no. you're also so utterly who you are, which is really a wonderful thing. Well, and you're very comfortable being vulnerable, which is a hard thing. God, so. lesbian podcast much. Valentine's I mean, come Day. on. We're so, balancing out each other. Well, yeah. I did want to say today's International Women's Day. Oh, yeah. We we're recording International Women's Day. I know. Finger bang, finger bang. Um, no, that's not what we do on International Women's Day. Christina's like literally like, trigger warning me. Like, I can't, whatever. Fucking, I don't believe in trigger warnings. You can deal with it. We all have to move through life. We're all triggered by so many things. Okay, so really quickly, Caroline from Nebraska, I have to say, if someone's like, I don't want to go to a funeral with you, First of all, could you be more Irish? Could you be more Irish? Like, I literally was like, this is racist. Like, well, I'm like, because I'm an Irish American queen mm -hmm. as well. I'm a full blown Irish bitch, as you say. Uh, I love that you like hated on your friend's girl or your friend's boyfriend and that you also are like a director of funerals. Like, mm -hmm. could not be more Irish. Loving mm -hmm. this for you. Mm -hmm. I feel like you're also very tempestuous. I'm um, really into you. Really, really into your whole vibe. But. When someone says, I don't want to go, the, the last person I want to go to a funeral with is Molly Macleer. What my takeaway would be from that is, what does Molly Macleer do at a funeral that is so exceptionally horrible to be around? Right. And so I would think that maybe, and I hate to turn the tables because I don't like it when I have to do this on the collar. But when someone says something to me that someone else said about them, that I like really have to like kind of ponder what that means. It's usually like, well, what did you do to deserve this? Right. And I feel like, after blowing up at her boyfriend uh, or her about her boyfriend and then 
you know, I mean, there's a maudlinness about funeral directing. Mm-hmm. I think that perhaps you could be a very sensitive woman and your sensitivities are not appreciated by your friend. Um, she might appreciate that you have sensitivities, but doesn't appreciate the way that they interact within your friendship. And uh, I just, I think that maybe y'all just shouldn't be friends. Yeah. I hate to say that, but sometimes people just can't be friends. I think, I, I, do we catch how old she is? Because I do feel like in your 20s a lot, there's a lot of time, you will start breaking away from a lot of your friends. And it fe- feels very dramatic and painful. It gets easier when you're older it's just, and more natural. But it is a great thing. It means you're growing and you're changing and you're being more you. And so you don't have to stay friends with all of your friends. And sometimes it's complicated. Totally. Um, but I would also say you sound pretty upset. And at times, like, I often will get overly upset at a friend and then I'll step back and be like, oh, there's other things in my life that I'm upset about and I'm put, I'm picking this thing to be really mad about. Right. So I'd maybe say take a step back, like, chill your anger out. And if you feel like it's an important enough friendship where you have to say your piece, wait till you chill out and say your piece in a nice way. But otherwise, it sounds like maybe Malls is right and you got to move on. What do you think about this middleman friend that's sending screenshots of the text conversations between the two of them? To Caroline, because I think that the middleman is almost the most wrong in this situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, she's just looking for some hot goss. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and also like, what do you get? You have, you have those friends that are like the pot stirrers, yeah, like, mm. shit stirrers. And like, by the way, I fucking love it when I figure out who the shit stirrer is. That is my life goal: is to be like, oh, there's all these problems. Like, what is the pro- what is the- I remember. A job I had where there was always just so much anxiety and anger in the room and it seemed like it was swirling in this like never ending like just like tidal wave of just like just clock counterclockwise water swishing around of anger and like it was just bad. It was just bad. And I was like, where is this coming from? And I realized it was always coming from the person who acted like the biggest victim and it was coming from the person who was who had the right to both be angry and play victim and like and so go to certain people and play victim and go to certain people and play angry and that creates the perfect storm and so i just want to throw out there that i don't think anyone that's going to send you screenshots of a mean conversation that was had about you probably like the way that we all do, we all say things in a moment of anger where it's like, I fucking, like, I've literally been like, I'm so mad at Ed. Like, Ed is such a piece of shit. And I'm, actually, I don't think I've ever said that. But, like, I think that I've had moments where I've been like, fuck this, like, escape button, escape button. And then I've later been like, oh, my God, like, duh, no, of course not, really? Like, and so if he saw that, I would kill myself. Yeah. And like, I don't really mean that, but I just like in maybe in the moment for whatever reason, I have said those things. Yeah. So I just, I want to throw out there that like, maybe your friend doesn't even really feel this way about you. She's just going through some shit with this ex. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Like she's in a weird, probably in a weird place with her ex and probably in a generally weird pace. I mean, I don't know. What do you think about shit talking? Because we get a lot of questions about this. I've been trying to work on it. I've been trying to work on a lot of things lately. But yeah, it's it's sometimes it's fun to do if you don't have anything more interesting to talk about. You want it, but it's not a, it's not a good thing. It's it's very negative and it's it doesn't help anybody. It's compulsive too, like where you want to just be like, oh, this is what we did. Like it becomes like this like normal thing where you're like, oh, when I check in with this person, We're I just talk spill shit about everything. Jojo. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's so dangerous in this 
I, I don't know. In the business that we're in, I think shit talk is like a disaster. Yeah. Like I've literally considered reconciling with people only on the terms that they can somehow figure out a way to undo the terrible things they've put out there about me. Yeah. And so I'm kind of like, if you can figure out a way to undo that, then I will consider forgiving you. But like, until you do that, then like, I don't, I have like literally you've ruined my life. So I just, I, I, I think shit talk is so dangerous no matter like where you are, what situation you're in, in this business especially, God, it's so easy to just be like, I don't agree with, I don't think they should be more successful than me. Yeah, it's, that comes so much from jealousy. and So much from yeah. jealousy. And yeah, it's pretty bad. I find that like I'll have people that I have a thing against. I'm like, why am I being negative against this person? I'm just jealous because they, you know, we should all just work hard and do our thing and support each other and then we'll all be better and... And BTW, I get so fucking pissed at people who are like, there's not room for everyone. And I'm like, no, actually there is. Like, yeah. I don't know if you've picked it up, but the, like HLN is a channel. Have you ever heard of HLN? Why don't you, I, I will work on an HLN show. If you want to take the ABC family job above me, go for it, girl. Love you. I'll go work on HLN, pick up the same fucking paycheck as regulated by our union and be just as fucking happy as you. Like, I don't give a shit. What do I care? As long as I'm like... Doing stuff that makes me happy. What do I care? This is all like, this is, we should. We should just be happy for everyone. Well, it does seem like now more than ever, there's so many opportunities for everybody to have their unique career. You can, you know, you can do a podcast. You can be a YouTube star. There's like a million ways to go and a million places to have a TV show. We shouldn't be. Yeah. So, Allie, last thoughts on shit-talking, friends? Yeah, Caroline, I just think, you know, generally when you find yourself really upset with friends or other women, it's more of just like, I don't know, better yourself and your life and don't worry about other people because that's, I think, the healthier way to do things. Absolutely. And invest less in the shit, like, stirring friends. Yeah, you don't want that. You can't trust that. No. Because if she's going to screen grab you and send you to someone or some – like yeah. she will do that to you yeah she will like and I always think I'm exempt from that rule no do you think you're exempt from the email forwarding rule because I always think I'm like oh no one will ever forward my emails I, I get other people's emails like crazy emails forwarded to me but like I will never forward someone you have to yeah you have to be real careful with that I fucked up with that and especially I would just say at least for work emails uh it's important to just like be cool and work emails because they could forward that fast and you don't want to have a tood. Yeah. Amen, girl. All right. Well, keep it clean. Next call. Hi, Malls. My name is Jesse Johnson, and I'm just calling in. This happened over Valentine's Day. Currently, I am dating this guy who I really like, but I was invited to a, hol- or a Valentine's Day party, and one of my good girlfriends who is gay didn't have anything to do that night, so I invited her out there with me, and she knows I'm dating this guy and really like him, and she currently is sort of dating someone, too. I thought it was a mutual a mutual thing that we knew we weren't into each other or that she knew I wasn't into girls. During this Valentine's Day party, we were just dancing, having a good time, and I noticed that this guy keeps hitting on her, and she's feeling uncomfortable, so I keep trying to break them up and, like, get them away from her, like, good girlfriends would do for each other. Finally, at the end of the night, I am sitting down and she comes over and this guy is like holding her wrist and is being kind of aggressive towards her. Like then I was like, oh, Ken's like, are you ready to go? She was like, yeah, let's go. And he's like, oh, can I follow you guys back? And I said, no, unless Kinsey's okay with that. And Kinsey was 
said she didn't think there was enough room. And I said, okay, well, you should find a ride home or call an Uber or stay here because you can't come back with us. And he's like, please, I'll sleep on the floor. And so I said, no, dude, Kinsey and I are together and she's my girlfriend and I really don't appreciate you trying to come back with us. Just to save her, and I've done this with many of my other girlfriends, so we get back to her place and then she proceeds to tell me that the guy kissed her like six times at the party and I felt super bad. So finally we were just like, drinking some more and at this point it's like three in the morning and I'm super tired. She's like, Julia, have you ever thought about your last first kiss? And I was like, no, I don't know what you're talking about. And she's like, I just can't believe that if I died, that guy would be the last person that I kissed. And then my head started spinning because I knew exactly what she was trying to do. She finally straight up asked, will you kiss me? And I did. I kissed her, and then I said, okay, good night, Kinsey. And then in the morning, I woke up and made a joke out of it so she would stop. So, one, I don't know what to do because I feel like she disrespected me knowing that I had a boyfriend and really like him. And by asking me to do that with her. And, two, I don't know if I should continue this friendship or if I should stop talking to her, like, knowing that she kind of is into me. I actually think it's kind of like a weird form of homophobia for you to treat this any differently than, like, a guy friend that was surprisingly interested in you and you didn't know. So I feel like if, like, a guy friend just popped up out of the blue and was like, hey, I've always wanted to fuck you, like, you'd be like, ew, dude, no. And, like, you can say that to this girl. Like, you don't have to, like, protect her sensitive lesbian feelings. Like, I almost feel like you you were taken advantage of by, like, she set up this situation in which she was forced to kiss a guy six times throughout an evening. And now her only salvation with your guilt and everything else was to make out with her, which is, like, that's, I mean, it's like a, it's like a straight dude. It's literally no different. And if a straight dude was like, hey, I've, I've, like, I've, you set it up like we were dating. And I've had guys, we've been like down to the wire like that in my early 20s where it was like, I let something go too long. I didn't deal with the issue head on. And next thing I knew, like, I was laying in bed next to someone that was like, I love you. And I was like, I don't love you. Like, I don't want to even be here right now. Right. Uh, I think you have to be, talk to your friend but I think you have to really like in I appreciate your sensitivity to her quote-unquote situation but I also think that her situation is is not that I think that you would know what to do if it was a straight guy and you don't and you don't know what to do because you want to be sensitive to your girlfriend of course and especially if you're dating somebody else I mean that's like a built-in excuse of just like hey uh that was cool but I I'm dating somebody I'm not interested I hope we can still be friends Right. Feels you like- have that thing. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I've never been in this exact situation, but I, uh, I think that if she's sending you like, sounds like she's saying like you up, like you're, she's getting like yeah. hookup texts at night that the message has gone wrong somewhere. And I think that at some point your friend has thought maybe it was an option for you simply based on the series of events that you told me that like getting drunk, making out a little and going to bed together, which is a nice feeling for any human, like just someone to spoon. uh, 
I she thinks that that's an option there where it's like, you know, you're just in a relationship. I think that I don't know. I think that this always like for some reason, the other person being a girl throws a wrench in the gears about like what you're supposed to do, what the protocol is in the situation. I think it's exactly the same in my personal opinion. Yeah. And I think the last thing you want to do is make if this is a person you care about, make her feel shamed or uncomfortable for, you know, being open about what she wants, especially when you've made out and, you know. Yeah. But I think the call my girlfriend thing is kind of, I'm going to say like her friend should have taken that for what it was. Yeah. She, her friend had expressed discomfort and wanted to get out of a situation. So her friend did the right thing, which was create a different reality in which like the situation was not even remotely okay. I'm so glad you didn't take this guy home. I think it's really shitty to pull the DUI card on on people. It's like, don't drive out to a party if you can't get home. Um, but I, I definitely think that, uh, yeah, I, I, that stories should be taken at face value. It's your friend getting you out of an awkward situation that you put yourself in. I think the girl put herself in like going to a party with someone doesn't automatically make you rape bait. Right. You know, like I, I, everyone's responsible for their own behavior at a party. And if some guy's like hounding you all night then like, you got to do your best to get away from him before it's like all of a sudden now everyone at the party owes you because you were taken advantage of. Like, I don't get it. I, the thing I think we should definitely take away is like, what a good line to say. I don't want that to be the last person I kissed. That should right. be just like it every... It was straight up genius trickery yeah. on her part. Yeah. It was straight up genius trickery. And I think we should all use that in our lives as we move forth in the what world. die tomorrow? No, you're I right. die tomorrow? I can't. That was yeah. the last guy I kissed. You're absolutely right. And that was the main takeaway from my story. Which was that that is a really fucking smooth ass line. Because I was just like, well, this girl has her pinned. Like, and this is why. It's because she'd use this line. Yeah. So maybe I consider her. She's a smart cookie. I just can't. As <laughs> someone that I love as a friend, uh-huh. I'm so like not sexualized with my friends. Yeah. Like literally picturing anyone that I love having sex is disgusting to yeah, me. Right. And so I'm not one of those people that's like, let's like talk about like, oh, I get it. Like give a blowjob, like whatever. I'm not with that. I'm not like, I'm not doing the sex in the city brunch ends where I talk about my friends, like oral sex life. I'm not into that. Like it's fucking repulses me. Uh-huh. Right. So I don't get, I don't, I don't get, I don't get even being sensitive to your friend's sexual situation. Cause I'm like, what do you want me here for that? Like I did go take care of that yourself. Like go, go to a bar and get fucked like everyone else. What do you want me to say? Yeah. So I don't, I, I, I do feel like that's a little bit of like trickery. I just, I'm not, I'm not big on friends hooking up to begin with. Do you, what's your situation on friends hooking up? Uh, I actually wish I had hooked up with more of my guy friends in my 20s because mm. I think like I was so precious about – I've tweeted about this a lot before oh, yeah. because I was so precious about like fucking up the friendships. But generally, as you get into your 30s and those guys get married, you're not going to be as close as you were in your 20s anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, yeah, you don't want to like break your own heart. But like, I don't know if there's a guy well, you want to – Well, you fuck an acquaintance. You don't yeah. fuck your BFF. Right. No, right. But I, sometimes there's situations where it's like, eh, if you wanted to go for it, you could have just gone for it. Right. But, yeah. But, you know, with your lady friends, let's make sure we're in the same boat. I do think that it's like if if a guy I'm t- I'm going to take this exact same scenario and put the guy in the girl's place, put a mm-hmm. guy in the girl's place, I would feel misled by my friend. 
That's true. That's a good point. I would feel like my friend led me down a path of closeness that we were not necessarily on mm-hmm. in order to like maintain a closeness to me where it's like, no, like like literally nothing sexual is going to happen between us. I just actually love you as a person. Right. And this is the page I'm on. So I feel like if a guy when guys do this, like this happened all the time in my early 20s, like I would always like befriend guys that were like could be the beta to my alpha and I would love the nerd friend and I would beat him up and fucking rake him down the streets. I was good for that. Uh-huh. I was good for that in my early 20s and it was terrible. No, it was terrible. Like it was literally the person that like it was just bad. Like I could, I would really be like, "All right, here's like the perfect person from my film." program I'm gonna like murder his soul but like also he's willing to do everything for me and he gets something out of this too so like let's just do this and it was perfect except it would always create this dynamic where it was like all of a sudden he'd be drunk and then it was like he sexually expected something of me and I'd be like ew no like you cannot be serious so it's this weird circle of using people for sexual stuff, which is not okay. And right. using people for A's, maybe you're using your friend as a as a body double, sort of like, you know, crash test dummy in front of you. Like yeah. you brought her to this party to be your the salt to your pepper. Mm-hmm. Like and you just like want and like you yeah. So I don't know. You gotta I, I I don't know. I would really look at the situation. Does anyone else have any thoughts on this? I, mean, I think the theme today is boundaries. Boundaries right? Christy, Christina, don't kiss them. That's that's what I was gonna say. I I don't think she should have kissed her at all, regardless of like her smooth lesbian line. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, you shouldn't have kissed her because then implied that was like Allison and Emily from Pretty Little Liars. Yeah, because then it's like, oh, okay, this is the moment. You made a moment. This is the moment that I've been waiting for to slide into the DMs. (laughs) Yeah, your friend slid into your bed, and then instead of turning it down, you just let that boundary dissolve. So I feel like if they're going to remain friends, she has to be like, I didn't mean that kiss. Instead of just being like, I'm a victim of a of a kiss like you are. But just, you know, clearing that up and being like, you made me feel uncomfortable. Like. Dealing with it, being honest, or you could just ditch her forever. Everyone's looking at me like this is crazy. No, I'm just trying to think, I'm trying to think like what part would I specify as like, hey, this made me feel uncomfortable. And I, I think she's it's like testing like, you like, hey, you up like. What I would do and have done in that scenario is be like, hey, like, like, just kind of, ignore, I guess, ignore them for a little bit, but then be like, what happened wasn't cool. Like, what had happened was. Yeah. What had yeah. happened was a big mistake. Yeah. You tried or to get like, into my bed, like, in a, what I, I just thought we were having a sleepover. Like, just send her one of those long. And it was like, girl, texts. I gave you your last kiss. Last. <laughs> Emphasis on last, bitch. Bye. Yeah, your friend doesn't die. She's you say like, that, and then you say that. She cued that just up. Like, hope you don't die. Bye. No, you like you should just be able to be honest and just be like, yeah. hey, like, or you're just not I, anymore, and you made out with a girl. Yeah, I felt Everybody sad. Makes out with a girl. I think that girl is gonna be her friend, though. I feel like yeah. they are real friends. Like, I feel like the situation she laid out was real friends. And they should be able to just talk about it in yeah. a like a normal way. Text her back. But here's the thing: can real- there's gonna be awkwardness, but then you get through it, and you're like, you can look, look back. And and laugh on it yeah in a year so that, like, that's, that's the time the you tried to fuck me so that's the like literally yes you're right because yeah. i've had uncomfortable i've had uncomfortable conversations with friends before and i think that is the 100 100 the real difference is 
if they're a real friend, you're like, okay, I'll actually talk about this with you and like go through the awkward yeah. motions and put myself in the situation. Right. I have friends that I've been avoiding a fight with for three years. <laughs> like, you know, I, yeah, I have to say, yeah. and this is not this is not going to be popular advice, but because I, I know like therapists would say like don't deal with things over text, but yeah. like if it is something that makes you uncomfortable, oh, yeah. you can deal with it over yeah. text. I like a text moment. I yeah. do. I never get old. It never gets old. I was like, I pretend it's old, but it's not. You shouldn't do it every time, but sometimes if it's an uncomfortable thing, you can fucking do it over text and yeah. In this scenario, it gets your stamp of like text approval. Why not? Because it's like a... Or you, yeah, you just say, hey, we need to talk about this. Like, I appreciate your friendship, but what happened was like, I don't have romantic feelings with you. And I just... It was just a one-time thing. I wouldn't handle it. I felt uncomfortable. With this equal kid globs that you would handle the situation with your best guy friend though I would not give this any more thought like I don't think that she needs any more thought because she is gay I think that that's like a weird prejudice that you're putting against it like it's like oh she's done this great thing by being gay and now I have to like like, you're still beautiful I still think you're so beautiful because that's like the worst thing you can say is to be like if I were gay oh that's That's like saying to your friend like like, heartbreaking yeah yeah so, so don't do that. Like, don't do concessions. Just be honest with her. Yeah, yeah. Don't be, be like, if you were a guy, this would work out. Yeah, ew. Like, no. yeah. Don't go down yeah. any ifs. No yeah. if paths. No ifs, ands, or buts. This girl is a person. Or vaginas or tits. No ifs, ands, buts, vaginas or tits. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. Chrissy the friend turn has earned her spot back <laughs> on the pod. Okay. So I'm an Us Weekly subscriber. And I was very pleased when Ali Waller showed up today and said, I would love to do a what's in my bag segment. And I said, not only do I love that idea, but we're going to steal it and we're going to do it with everyone from now on. Even the people without bags, what's in your pockets? Nick, the roommate, I want to know. He's probably got brown rice, some Brussels sprouts. Same thing as usual with Nick, the roommate. But Ali, I feel like you're going to bring, this is a, uh, the what's in my bag thing is so great because it gives people a taste into uh, their cultural interests. Like, what's what's going on here? What's like, oh, you like a little book moment? You have a little Kindle moment? Uh-huh. Okay, love. Um, oh, a little lip gloss? What are you doing here? Is it healing? Is it beautifying? What's going on? I love uh, faves of people's. Anytime someone mentions what their favorite things are, I love that. Yeah. So please... What's in your bag, Allie Waller? Can't wait to tell you because I always I, I don't want to be famous, but I, I was always sad that I'm never going to be famous because just because the only perk I really wanted is to do a what's in your bag. So you so. keep a tight bag. Is that what's going on here? Are you proud of what you keep in your bag? I am. I am. Okay. I am. So right now we're rocking. Uh, I've been doing a three lip gloss combo. Love. Ooh, yes. I love. You know what? I love a combiner because only a really good woman knows how to do a, a combine lip gloss moment oh you have a chanel in the mix yeah i do What's i have going a sh- I have, well what happened was well, yeah the sh- so the first i do the love child from mac it's like a sh- it's a lip gloss but it's like a thick color literally no these three lip glosses you all have here i just will interrupt and say very thick strong you're not fucking around when it comes to I'm lips not fucking around, but it's a three lip gloss combo that quickly becomes a zero lip gloss combo like it goes off in five seconds but then i use a chanel stick which and usually i buy these uh if i'm uh in a duty-free situation and i have extra money yeah. left from somewhere 
And then my favorite, which is the Beauty Rush from Victoria's Secret lip gloss. It's like, it's good like tip. seven bucks. Good tip. Seven I love bucks. anyone that wrecks Victoria's Secret beauty products because I know that they have an audience. I just don't know who they are. It smells great. It's just my favorite. It's sparkly. Quick um, question to any beauty experts out there. Sorry if I interrupt. Yeah. But I just want to say if there's any beauty experts out there who can explain why, because I feel like this is an everlasting lip combo and that it would last you literally nine hours. No, it, it goes off pretty much right away. So if there's anyone who knows the chemical makeup or anything, because I feel like it's always about like, oh, that has like sodium glyceride or something. And I'm like, whatever that is. Um, so yeah. Okay. I don't know. I like it. It makes me feel empowered. Um, what's this, in your bag? This, uh, Uno cards. Uno, Uno cards. cards. Coming out of left field. These are actually my best friend bought me. These are, uh, waterproof. So H2O. Uno H2O. You can spill beer on them. Yeah. For a barbecue season. Do you carry these all the time or because it's barbecue season or what? I will because I was going to go to a barbecue. Uh, I was going to bring them. But also sometimes like if I'm like I might bring them on like a Tinder date or something. Because if you don't have anything to talk about. Like yeah, these are Japanese. My friend just bought them for me. Have you ever Oh, totally. And it's great because it's just I like we don't have much that. to talk about. But now we're doing a thing. And if Does you can everyone be fun know about how to it, play Uno? It's a pretty easy game, but a lot of people do. Yeah. Um, and then any of your traveling, I mean, I've played like with strangers on airplanes and it's just a, what a treat. You played with strangers on airplanes? Airplanes, you're railing. I admire your confidence in pulling out the Uno I'd cards. love to see that. Uno's <laughs> been like my favorite Who's been your best Uno partner on an airplane? Um, you know, there was this like, I was uh, coming back from actually my uncle's funeral and there was like the 13 year old boy and we just had a, we had the time. Good. And there was a guy like farting up the plane behind us. We laughed. It was great. Mazel, babe. Thank I you. love that. Okay. I have a fish clip. Been using these since I was in middle school. Genius that you yeah. have a fish clip. Yeah. I don't Those know. were huge at Fred Siegel in the 90s. Yeah. They're annoyingly expensive. They're like seven bucks each, but man, they, they keep it together. Great. What is it about that, the fish clip in particular? Because I think everyone has. I've just been using them since I was like 13 years old. Do they hold in really tight? Is uh, that what it is? Yeah, they hold in and it's not like this huge cheesy like yeah. tortoiseshell plastic thing oh, in your right, hair. Right. It's just sort of. I feel like you can't really see it. Oh, it's a, yeah, you're right. That is what the fish clip offers. Yeah. You're exactly right. Mm -hmm. It looks good. And it's easy to just clip onto the side God, of your bag. Rachel could rock the fuck on Friends. Rachel and Friends could oh, rock the sure. fuck out of a hair clip. Sure. Yeah. Um, Tic Tacs I stole from work. Oh, I love the white ones. Yeah. White and light green. That's the most important part of being a TV writer is you get free gum. And Tic Tacs. Uh-huh. People it's don't know that that's like literally the point of the job. Hens. Water. Yeah. You just carry a case of that out to your car. Oh, yeah. Bottles of water Stay everywhere. late, quote unquote, whatever. Final thing I'll show because then uh, uh, The Week magazine. The Week. Soups cultured. Real Where do you get this? Super, I subscribe to it. It's super thin and it just gives you blurbs of every news story. They have a lot of fun news oh, I stories. I love that you subscribe. Any late night writers or writers doing late night packets, they have like the funny odd news stories are really good for writing jokes. They have a wit and wisdom That's section awesome with quotes. This is great advice. Yeah. The week is great. And it gives you every side to every issue. So like I was perfect. literally about to tell you you can get like a $6 discount on Us Weekly via the Kim Kardashian Hollywood game. <laughs> Because that's what I did. Uh -huh. So it's very exciting when you say the week. Now, who makes your bag? Because it's really, really cute. This is a Claire V. I'm super into her stuff. I know. I, I would like, she, why does she send everyone free bags but me? 
Oh, I wish I had. I wish she sent me through. I have a wallet. She can send me a free bag right now. I am such a stan of hers that I literally mistook. This is so embarrassing. It's like literally the penultimate crazy moment of my life uh-huh. was when I said to someone, because I bought a Claire Vivier bag from Of A Kind, mm-hmm. which is this website that makes 50 of a kind, 60 of a kind, blah, blah, blah. So Claire apparently put some studs on either side of the bag on, of the purse and then sold them of a kind. Mm-hmm. So they were sl- just slightly different than my friend's purse. I want borderline. I, I'll just say I wound up accusing my friend of stealing my purse. No. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. Where did you get that bag? And she was like, uh, and my friend Claire sent it to me. And I was like, wait, no, like. Only 50 people have those bags. Like, no. And they're not Hollywood people. Like, they're all people that bought them from this website. Mm -hmm. And she was like, no, my friend Claire sent it to me. And I was like, no, I literally doubt that. And I was like, and I will pull up. And I, like, literally got so, so cray. I got so crazy because, I, first of all, I believed this person was against me to begin with. Right. Like, there has to be that. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't just come at you being like, you stole my purse. Right. But – yeah, it was crazy. Ultimately, it was it was really truly crazy. That's a big lesson. You always have to make sure that a thing was stolen before you accuse somebody because that because shit it is was awkward. Buck wild, and literally <laughs> everyone was like, and this girl was like, "Can we see her? She's accusing me of stealing her purse. Like, here's the evidence. Your Honor, she's crazy. She's accusing me of stealing a purse." And like, I was like, "You're right, Your Honor. I'm crazy." Like, as if it was in front of a court of law, which was all of our friends watching me accuse her of stealing my purse. But it was, we were had long since been divorced emotionally. It was disastrous. Yeah. Allie, this has been a beautiful podcast talking about all of our divorce friendships, and I think that we should really stay away from that moving forward. Do we have one more phone call that's not about disastrous friendships? Love, perhaps? Yes. Oh, sweet. Okay, Great. I would love a love call. All right, let's do our love call. And thank you for sharing what was in your bag. Oh, you're welcome. I also didn't say all of her people's sunglasses because if they, if anybody's listening, they want to give me a free pair. Your it's sunglasses my fucking jam. are adorable. Yeah, thank you so much, all of her people's. I love you. <laughs> oh, pandering. I'm pandering. I don't uh, think anyone from anything listens to this podcast. Oh, okay. Ooh, no, we have cotton Pretzel candy coffee. Pretzel crisps. Pretzel pretzel crisps, which is so hard to say. Um, And also Cotton Candy Poppy, who owns a cotton candy company, not the one who provided us with the cotton candy that we have here today, but like, shall you ever want an Oreo-flavored cotton candy in your life? I'll call you guys. You can call Cotton Candy Poppy. Um, Okay, so let's take our last call, and thanks for showing us your bag. Hi, Malls. Um, I was just calling because I have a dilemma. Um, I have been dating my boyfriend for a year and a half now, and I feel really ready to take it to the next step, i.e. get engaged. I'm 26. He's 27. Uh, We both have steady jobs. We're both, like, good, solid people. And and we also live in Tennessee, which is pretty, like, maybe in California it sounds like, oh, that's really young or this is, like, not enough time. But where we're from and, like, the people that I work with, like, this is the normal life trajectory. I also feel like if 
that's not the next step. And, like, I'm the kind of person where marriage and family is, like, what I want for my life. Um, and he knew that, like, very upfront and kind of knew that that was, like, the path that I wanted for our relationship and was totally down for that. But the problem is that it's getting to that point where I feel like if we're either going to do this or we're not going to do this. He's just not feeling ready. And so very recently I just decided to put my foot down and be like, you know what, if you don't know that this is the right relationship, then we should probably part ways so that I can look for that and you can look for what the kind of relationship that you want to be in. I guess I'm really trying not to second-guess my decision, but um, I was just wondering if you had any thoughts on that. You know, I don't know. I feel like I had to draw the line somewhere. This, you know, oh, well, someday, 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 it just felt like I was kind of losing what I wanted and, like, losing my own personal timeline, and, like, there was no sense of compromise. I don't know. Am I, like, being manipulative? Am I, like, wrong? Should I done something else given it more time how do you how do you figure this out Ali I want to know your thoughts well uh I would say I mean we live in Los Angeles which is a place where we wait it's a very career-driven place where we tend to wait totally I just know that I changed and grew so much in my 20s that I generally don't advise uh getting married to somebody that early because you're going to grow and change so much and the chances of you staying together is very hard Um, And I also generally feel like two years in the minimum is a good marking point. And again, it's different for everybody. But two years, you can really get a sense of who somebody is and what your issues are. Um, So yeah, I probably would have given it a little more time and just let the relationship be and not put that pressure on it. Look, girl, Dr. Laura puts it best. You got to know someone for all four seasons before you even get engaged. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. It's nice to go through all four seasons with someone the first time. It's really nice to spend your first Christmas with someone and your first spring with them and you want to run around the beach and you want to like collect autumn leaves or whatever the fuck it is you do. Uh First time. The second time you're kind of like living your life. And that's when you kind of might realize that like you might not be aligned in all of the ways that you thought you were. Mm -hmm. So the year and a half point, that's where I'm at with Derek right now. I'm just going to say... From my personal experience watching people I know who are in what I view to be successful relationships, they were either born before 1939 Mm -hmm. and got married after like a year, or they're like current and they dated for two to four years. Now, I've changed more between 27 and 30 than I changed in any years of my life. Mm -hmm. Like that's when literally my brain like caught up to my body and like... Still, like, I, like, still am trying to chase that and figure it out. But, like, that's when, like, I started to feel like, okay, like, I finally am starting to get my footing in a real, real way. I think that as an important note to all of our callers of Please Advise, you got to name your state. I don't, I think the fact that you live in Tennessee is very interesting and very, very important in this phone call. Just because I feel like we live a, a different life, as you said, in California and Southern California of being very career oriented. A lot of us wouldn't have put ourselves here or continued to stay here if we weren't interested in being in the business, which is very like, you know, this is what your life is about. You have to choose to a certain extent, as unfortunate as that may be. Um, I'd love to lie to you and be like, you don't have to choose, but you do. Like, you do. So I just think that really honestly, like, if it's possible, if you really, really love this guy, to back off the pressure – 
because it's as easy as literally just not bringing it up next time you hang out. Like, as next time you hang out, just enjoy each other. Like, go into every time you hang out with your boyfriend wanting to have fun and wanting for it to be, like, an optimistic, cool experience, and it will be that. And if you guys fight, then that's fine. That's absolutely fine. But, like, you know that you at least, like, brought your best self to it. Like, you do with every workday, with every other thing you go into. You cannot go into your relationship with all this pressure. It's true. And I mean, it, there's cases where it works, where the pressure works on guys. But I think for the most part, when I see my guy friends in relationships where they're really claustrophobic, it's when they know that the girl is pressuring them to get married pretty soon. And yeah. they just like every time they hang out, they feel like they're, they're deciding. Oh, well, I, I, just- I had a girl tell me recently that her fiance only proposed to her because she started to put the pressure on. And I was like, yo, I really, really like you and I kind of wish you hadn't put the pressure on him because I would have liked to see what if he was going to man up and give you the treatment that you deserved without you laying down this thick pressure on him because, you know, most people act right, you know, like they know a good thing when they see it, but you got to really like... When you're talking about a lifetime with someone, you got to start looking at the fights that you have and say, like, is he unreasonable, like, where he comes from? Because this is going to be a lifetime. We're going to be 70 years old, and he's going to be coming from the same point of view. Yeah, I want this person to want to be with me. Want to be with you. Like, want to, like, if he disagrees with you, get through it, like, in an even, calm, normal manner. Mm -hmm. And at a certain point... I don't know. I mean, 27, you are like, you're, you're young enough that you will rebound from this a thousand times over if you want to. Like, I agree. I would say too. And like, I try not to regret things and you have to believe, and it's hard to believe that like things will work out for the best. Or if one thing doesn't work out, you can just look forward and you'll find something else. Again, you just have to believe that because um, but yeah, I'm sure you sound uh, sweet and pretty, and I'm sure that you are going to find somebody else great. If that doesn't work out, like don't beat yourself up or regret anything because, you know, it wasn't right. And then you can move What's on to the, the rush? Yeah. It's like if, if you have like if someone if some doctor told you like at the age of 35, like on your trajectory, you literally could not have children. I would maybe be assessing the situation differently if that was something that was important to me. Right. But if I believed that there was like an opportunity for me to have everything I wanted, even if I got married at 30 or 35 or I mean, I'm 31 now. But like even if someone said like, you know, you're going to get married at 35, like if there was a possibility for me to have the family and all the things that I want in there, like I wouldn't be upset by it. So I just I I think you really got to think of the big picture. It's so easy to be like. We've done a year and a half. This is real. This is a thing. Like, and to get super aggressive, you can totally do that. But it's just like spoils things. And you guys are still getting to know each other. He might not be the guy that you want to be with. Yeah. And a big lesson that I've learned, because I have a lot of uh, comparing issues, but compare is despair. So if you're looking at your friends and they're married, you don't know what's going on in their relationship. Yeah. And so it's like, I know it's really hard, especially if, you know, you're the one who's not coupled up, but stick around because just because they're married doesn't mean that they're in the right thing for them. So... I want to ask you one question about relationships just while you are here because you're a creative, smart, funny woman who's written for some, like, male-oriented shows. And, like, I think that that is a really confusing girl for a lot of men or woman for a lot of men. And I still think of myself as a girl. I'll call myself a girl. I don't know what you want to call yourself, woman, whatever. But I think that that is confusing for a lot of men. I feel... Very, very lucky to have found Derek, but I also feel that at times I can even be a little bit bit like uh, 
visceral for his personal tastes. Mm -hmm. So, and and that's, by the way, something that I always allow any guy that I date to feel Mm -hmm. because it's like, yeah, I admit it. Like I'm a disaster in some ways, but like also super totally okay in some ways. So what has been your experience just like dating and being a funny girl? Uh, yeah, it's tough. I found a lot. There are guys, it's hard to find. So there are some very successful guys that seem to kind of want a prize or they just kind of want the woman who's going to be like a wife. Yeah. And, uh, and so that's hard. And so it sucks. Cause you're like, oh, this is a smart, successful guy, but he's not looking for somebody as complicated, uh, and right. wor- who works as much as home. me. Yeah. Right. right. So that's sort of a bummer. And then sometimes you'll find other guys who later down the line who I'm more successful than. And they seem cool with it. And then down the line, you realize that, like, it is a problem for them. Um, It's hard to find an evolved male who's cool with a successful woman. And that's sort of a bummer. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, it can totally be a bummer. And I also, like, one thing I worked on with my therapist was, like, you know, to be a female in a writer's room, you have to be assertive and funny and get your voice heard. Yeah. But in a relationship, you have to sort of soften and be vulnerable. And it's, like, it's kind of, like, two different beings yeah you have to have your work life separate from your home life for sure that's so that was the biggest like learning lesson and starting to do Derek for me was that I was like this was the first guy that I actually took seriously and was like oh I can't be like an asshole like I can't be an asshole like this is someone that I don't want to be an asshole to and I uh yeah, I found it I found it to be like really surprising that anyone was interested in that like do you feel like like, have you ever felt like it's like, I feel like a lot of funny women feel like it's hopeless for me. Like, I'm like, I either have to bend or I have to agree to be alone. Have you ever felt like it's like hopeless? Um, I worry about that, but I try not to get in that space because I'm newly single and I'm like, I don't want to go back to a phases I've had when I was younger where I, was, where I felt like that because that was just so shitty. And then I eventually did meet somebody else. So I'm trying to just be positive about it. But yeah, it's definitely like narrows the margin of guys that are willing to be with a successful woman. Um, guys that, again, like I was saying, like, don't want, like, a prize. I think that is. And and also guys that can make me laugh. Uh, You know, that's hard, too. Like, guys that... I know. You have to fully respect someone's situation in order to, like, really, really get on board. Like, you can be on board, but, like, not... My therapist said that he he has a lot of, uh, like, his more successful female clients often ends up with, like, house husbands... Got you know, it. Or guard, they, no, they're called Hollywood husbands where like they kind of vaguely ha- go from job to job and the woman's the breadwinner. And it's not that I would be against that. But yeah, I guess I would like I would like an equal in theory. So, yeah, I, I honestly feel that for you because I think you're like the bomb ass chick. I think Thank you're you. like a good girl from this town. You're so sweet. You're so smart. You're so cool. Like you managed to be above the line, but also be like below everyone's fucking radar of gossip and weird shit like you're just fucking oh, that would be terrific i hope that's true you're out and around <laughs> it like i think you're great like i've never heard a bad word about you i oh, really haven't you. no and i'm saying like i've been friends with a lot of people who love to talk like <laughs> i'm you're the shit you. you're the shit and i'm really excited for you and your future journey so you're writing on currently leslie and paul's show on netflix yes, right it's called love it doesn't come out for a year it's called just love love oh that's so Easy. Yeah. Okay. And it's who's in it? Jillian or Gillian? Uh, yeah, it's a Gillian, Gillian Jacobs from Community. <laughs> Wait, uh, did anyone know it was Gillian? Um, that uh, pronunciation. I guess. Uh, I did, but yeah, I guess I'm sure a lot of people probably don't because now there's like also Jillian Bell now, right? Oh, so I feel like 
that's a different person. You know, no, a different person, but I'm saying like, I'm but sure But I there's... knew a girl that pronounced it with a J sound, but it was a G. And then I also knew a Gillian growing up. Gillian was my best friend's little sister. So yeah. Cool name. It is cool. Yeah. Artistic parents. Mm-hmm. What we all believed in dragons. Um, <laughs> so, okay. So then, so who else is on that show? What else is, what's. Um, Paul Rust. Yeah. And that's all we know right now. And Judd Apatow's producing it. Yeah. Is he cool to work with? He's so awesome. There's that so much to be, learn from him. I know, right? That's probably just like every day is like crazy. What's the most important thing you've learned from him without putting you too much on the spot? Oh, um, let me think about that. Um, I, he's just really interested in honest moments between people and it less being about joke driven comedy and more about like if these characters are real and you put them in these situations that are real, like the comedy will come organically. And yeah. it's interesting to think that way. I was working at a cartoon before this. So it's like a real shift. Opposite. Yeah. yeah no, totally. 100%. That's such a, that's actually a really great point is that it's such an important distinction between like the types writing that is it's really impressive that you can do that because I think that also it's hard to move within genres with even within when it's like no I was doing animation but I don't want to do animation anymore or like I often have said like I want to do drama or I want to do animation like I've said like I want to do anything but like what I've done yeah um it's hard to move within that so that's great yeah it's I mean there's some people I feel like they do one thing and they become exceptional at that sort of one thing and right. that's great. I'm a little more ADD so I feel like I want to hop around and do different things, which means no, I'm not going to be. Greg Berlanti's and Ryan Murphy's that keep me alive where it's I'm just like you right? guys have like all of these tears to your career and I mean Ryan Murphy I mean Greg Berlanti's fantastic for sure like all these staples. Ryan Murphy just like always blows me away with yeah. like out the gate like different concepts like I might not watch every episode of the season but I'm just like that is a person yeah that and his life's up. interesting he's yes. not just doing the same thing over and over 100 percent yeah that's that's a very important part I think of writing is keeping your life interesting and that's something that I've been working on recently where I'm just like I got back on Wellbutrin. That's uh, great for me. Nice. That's an are antidepressant. You on an, are you on an antidepressant? You know what? I take Ativan, but probably more than I should. Okay. See, I that's a benzo. And that's an anti-anxiety. And yeah. it's just so delicious. But I don't think that I should be doing that. <laughs> no, they're great. They're mother's milk. Oh. Like, no, sincerely, you feel like you're getting a tit from the universe. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's fed directly oh. to you. It's fantastic. And it's like, oh, this must be what my problem is because it just feels so good that you know, like, right. oh, I'm tapping into something here. Yeah. No, I can't. I don't, I don't fuck with benzos anymore because I do love them too much like that. But it's not like an addiction. I was never addicted to benzos, but I just love them. Like, also, I will fully acknowledge. I think they also make you more anxious after, you know, it's like a chemical thing. So then it's worse right. and that's not great. So I'm on Wellbutrin, yeah. which is not an SSRI, which is like uh, basically that in, in, uh, gives you serotonin in restricted doses, like okay. to your brain. It like brings it to you. Um, well, Butrin's for your overall well-being. And it's known as a skinny, happy, horny pill. Okay? So. That's terrific. Because I will tell you, I went on Cymbalta recently. I did Cymbalta for three months. Killed my sex drive. Literally shuddered when Derek would touch me, which is just like bad. And it has nothing to do with him. And like he knew that. I was just like literally like I'm depressed. I don't want to like talk to people. I just was not into it. And I didn't even want to be like really talked to. Let alone like sexually engaged. So there was that. And then additionally like I just felt like sad all the time. And I was just like the and I gained 10 pounds. Wait so what was the advantage 
It was supposed to be an evener outer. Like it was supposed to like take the edge off because mm-hmm. I have, uh, I realize what are called passive suicidal thoughts, okay. which is that I just don't care. Right. Like, and it's not in like a, I'm suicidal way. Like I always go into things with therapists when they're like, have you ever had suicidal thoughts? I'm like, duh. I'm like, are you fucking crazy? Like, of course I have. Like, duh. Like, this is what I'm a creative person. Like, all I do is sit around and think about, like, oh, can I just, like, get out of this? Like, escape, escape. Like, I literally just want to, like, I'm so, some days I get so tired of just, like, trying that I'm just, like, I can't. Like, I can't today. I'm not into it. And a big thing for me was that I went off Wellbutrin because I had a bad experience with a therapist. And I was just like, I want to abandon everything I learned with that therapist. That's good. But it wasn't. Okay. Because Wellbutrin actually really worked for me. So I went off of it and wound up going on Cymbalta, wound up taking four times a recommended dosage by accident. Literally by accident. Because I thought I was taking two of one pill, but I thought I was, but I was supposed to be taking one of one pill, but I thought it was two of the other milligram. So I wound up taking four times the recommended dosage. That's not good. And I wound up thinking like I was like mentally speeding down the highway. Like I was like on a ride. I don't know if you've ever been on some sort of like chemical thing where you're like, oh, this is not the right pill for me. Right. No. So no, you. Okay. Cocaine, marijuana. That's honestly, honestly, (laughs) it felt like a combination of like. Four days awake on cocaine. Mm-hmm. That's what it felt That's like. Not good. And I just I woke up and I was like I was pacing around my apartment and like super weird and like I was like this is mental illness. Mm-hmm. Like I can I'm smart enough to know and self aware enough to know that this is mental illness in the moment and like but also I don't know what to do about it because all that's making me feel comfortable is pacing back and forth in my apartment. So I texted Christina Lopez. She was able to come over, read all my medicine brochures, and she was like, and this is comes back to my lesbian Valentine's Day with Christina Lopez. Is that like Christina legitimately was like, Molly, you took four times your recommended dosage of of antidepressants and you're spinning the fuck out. And like it's literally, and then Ed came over and he was like, Molly. It was just like one day. No, it was like, it was like, I did two days of like four times my recommended dosage. So it was like on like 800 milligrams of Cymbalta. That's scary. For, which was, which was crazy. And I just felt nuts. And like, I've never felt like I was a woman. I've always referred to myself as a tank. Like, I never felt it was a woman of like a delicate, like composition in any way. Like, I'm just very like, I thought I was like, you know, just give me anything. I'll take it and I'll be fine. I'm actually very delicate. Like <laughs> I didn't know. And so I feel very I feel very affected. But well, Butrin is started it two days ago, back again. I already that, feel good. You already feel good. I literally felt good the day I started taking it again. That's great. And it's like well, Butrin is poor man's Adderall. Like I don't have legitimate ADD, but I have like drive issues at times. Oh, I have ADD. Depression. I know when a person with real ADD takes. Adderall, I mean, I've never. I diagnosed myself, but <laughs> if you take Adderall, <laughs> does it make you calm? Uh, no, definitely not. Then you don't have ADD. Yeah, but 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 I definitely. <laughs> if you spend enough time with me, you'll. Yeah. yeah, I guess. Yeah, I just tune out. People with legit ADD or ADD, or whatever I know. The people that I know that Adderall works for them, it's crazy. They get very calm when they yeah. take Adderall, which is so weird to me because I'm like, I'm... I'm like, let's go to Vegas. Yes! Let's have a night. On my private plane to Vegas, on me. 
Got it. Like $2,000 in my checking account. Got you. Yeah. No, I'm nuts. So I, I really do. This was this Wellbutrin reestablishment has been huge for me. I just went to the doctor and I was like, yo, why don't I ever quit Wellbutrin? He's like, because you said you wanted to. And I was like, oh, then I don't want to. And he was like, okay, here it is. And so it was, he trusts me. My fantasy right now is that there's a guy who works at Wellbutrin and he's on a date with a girl that works at Oliver Peoples and they're listening to this podcast. I know. And you're going to get pills and We're going to get a Wellbutrin frisbee and some free glasses. You know they're going to send us a frisbee to yeah. play in the park because I'm happy. So yeah. like, it's like obviously I'm active and to be honest, I could play Frisbee right now. <laughs> Two weeks ago, I could not play Frisbee. I was like in my apartment. Like, I, I love my sectional. Do you have a sectional sofa? I don't, but I used to and I loved it so much. You Especially for a sectional in a relationship is huge. Don't get a fucking sectional. That oh. will ruin your life. No, because I love my suctional, but I live on it. And, like, my dog has now become accustomed to the fact that I love it. Uh-huh. So he will stay up in... Um, rattle on his cage doors until I wake up. So he'll wake me up from my slumber. You know, whatever my my whatever pill I take, I don't know what it's called. It begins with the Q now. Like I uh he it's induced by that. He'll wake me up from that slumber, very thick slumber. I will walk down the stairs and I will put my dog on the couch and I'll sleep with him and I'll let him nuzzle my knees. Why can't he be in the bedroom sleeping with you? Because he has an attitude problem oh. and like he, he has attitudinal issues uh-huh. and he's obsessed with pissing on carpet oh. and I have carpet in my bedroom, but I don't have carpet in the rest of the house. But he won't pee on the sectional. He won't. No, no, okay. no, no, no. because no, he enjoys the sectional too much. He's very selfish in his urination. Right. He's very, very selfish. And what something else I've learned about dogs is that they don't know that their pee came from them. Oh. Even like right they're away, like, can't- love the smell, love this. Don't know where this liquid came from. Cool shit. Love more. Want more. Awesome. Don't know where it came from. So when you go to your dog and you say like bad dog and you like rub their nose in it, it doesn't work because they're like, I do not understand the correlation between my penis or vagina uh-huh. and this liquid. Right. And so they're just like, oh, this is like, why are you rubbing my nose in this delicious smelling shit? Would you know the smell of your pee? Like, I Never. don't think that I would, Yeah. Like if I... Yeah. I no, because sometimes it smells like vitamins. And then I had a diabetic teacher in in high school who told me that her fruit, uh, her pee was fruity every day. Oh. She said, I have a very strong fruit smell from my urine. And every everybody day. made fun of her for the uh, rest of the year. Back, <laughs> this goes back to boundaries that we were talking about. Oh. <laughs> 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 Way to tie it all back together. That's I know. where we were going. Literally. We were doing that, yeah, deliberately. I love you, girl. This was so fun. But yeah, Mrs. Q. No, what was her name? Mrs. God, she had a, Mrs. X. I think her last name began with an X. It was like, it was like, exaliend your uh, hyphen frost. It was like, it was, she had a crazy ass name. I had a teacher whose first name started with an X. Yeah. And it was a girl. Yeah. Like Zara. Like Zara. She pronounced it Janet, but it started with an X. (laughs) All right. Just shit up. That's California shit when they're like Janet with an X. I'm Janet with an X. Uh, you guys, you can call us at 323-450-7408. You can also email us at any time at askpleaseadvise at gmail.com. You can send us your emails or your voice memos, whatever you do. We're on all sorts of social media. As is Allie Waller. You're I'm Allie Waller on Twitter and then... And on Instagram. And again, quote underscore club is the Twitter feed quotes for... Uh, underscore inspirational club. Inspirational quotes. 
And your uh, love on Netflix will be available next year? I think it's a year from now. A year from now. Okay, but that's good because by the time everyone finishes all their other things, everyone saves everything. Yeah. By the time everyone finishes their other things, we'll be ready for you. Great. So you got to get that shit wet. That's what Ed and I always say. (laughs) Um, Allie, do you have anything that's really like pissing you off right now? Has anyone really insulted you or hurt your feelings in public? Have you felt like you need to say something that like, is there a comma situation, maybe a grammatical, maybe like a attitudinal moment that's bugging you? Uh, actually, no, my thing lately is just trying to be less judgmental and trying to compare myself less to other people and just be like kind and supportive of everybody and not be a little dick who, you know, talk shit about people I'm jealous of. Um, who have stuff who have stuff going on for them that I want. I love that about you. Yeah, I'm trying really hard. I think that that's really important. I feel like that's why you're here. <laughs> I love that about you. Thank you for coming on. I'm really such I've always like been, I feel like you're very um God, I feel like this is an important moment just because I feel like you are someone that I so admire that I'm like oh my god I'm always afraid that I'm not smart enough to be friends with Ali Waller or like I'm not in it enough and like I'm so excited that you came on and like wanted to do this it really means a lot to me this was so fun I loved it yeah I think you're so great and so fun and I'm so happy for you and can't wait to continue following your career and knowing you just like it's been a joy and I want to give a shout out to your brother oh yeah we never even talked about we didn't I wouldn't know you if it wasn't well I mean I would know of you but I didn't I wouldn't have known you if it wasn't for your brother Andrew Waller who him and his partner Mike Agerman have been so kind to me and they're the best they did uh this Twitter thing called shh don't tell Steve I always do the shh because I think that when people say just don't tell Steve I'm like no, it was shh, don't tell Steve. You yeah. got to have like that, the emotion behind the shh is yeah. everything. Like, do so, not tell Steve. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's cute. <laughs> it's like, well, I'm embarrassed. Cheeky, cheeky, fun. I liked the shh. So anyway, um, you guys call us <laughs> 323-450-7408. Email us at askpeaceadvice at gmail.com. I'm Malls. You guys are amazing. Thank you so much. Episode 33. Larry Bird. Shout out. Shout out. <laughs> oh. Question of the week. I'm looking for a really good hot sauce that's not tapatio and is not that like Chalupa shit. What's oh, that I shit was going to suggest Cholula is bread? so good. Cholula? Is that uh, what it's called? It's, it's not hot. It's just delicious. I need yeah. a good hot sauce. It's like, I don't, Tabasco tastes like um, a homeless man put out a cigar in a vagina and then uh-huh. they just bottled it. That's accurate. And then the tapatio is great because it has the zestiness plus the spice. But I had this really amazing Thai food the other night that was like um, so spicy and so delicious. And I was like, I want this punishment feeling going down through my body all the time. Yeah, yeah, I know. You might not want that. And also, Jews not big on spice. Mm -hmm. Jews are not big on spice. Do you have IBS issues, anything like in that area? I don't. I just like, it's not, I don't get like why you would want to eat something that makes you physically uncomfortable. (laughs) I I would say go to the farmer's market on Fairfax. There's like a whole thing that's like a store of spicy sauces. Okay. And let that guy lead your, lead your way. He'll lead my snail trails. (laughs) (laughs) What's wrong with Sriracha. Well, I want those sriracha cashews, which is why you're going to have to check out naturebox.com slash please advise. That's PLZ advise. No, we are not sponsored by Naturebox, but we never will be if you do not go and check is it out. PLZ advise or is it PLZ advise? It's just PLZ advise. Because, well, either way, you know what? It's not going to hurt to have the name come through, through the, to the hits. 
please just keep that coming through. Hits, hits, hits. That's how things happen. Christine and I are getting really close to a sponsor. Like literally, you guys are going to be listening to dildo ads in like two weeks if you don't start getting your shit together. You're literally going to be like, oh, okay. So if you want to like have your G-spot stimulated by a fucking rabid snake, then you will if you call this fucking line. I will do that to you. I don't care. Like I literally don't care about you. So please just call checknaturebox.com slash please advise. You can't. You gotta keep mama alive. I can't fix your life. Like, what do you want me to do? I gotta. Fi- I gotta get- pay my bills. I got a dog. I'm stressed, you guys. I'm back on Wellbutrin. Thank you, Molly <laughs> All right, goodbye, guys. I have to go pack my boyfriend's suitcase. This is a disaster. All right, I love you all. Bye.